You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning. Welcome to the show. It's Wednesday, March the 15th. It's day two of the Cheltenham Festival. Here we are again broadcasting from the Fitzdares Club in the Orchard at Cheltenham. It's a lively vibe in here this morning as well. Everyone's woken up, been enlivened by what was, I think it's fair to say, one of the best days of sport we witnessed yesterday with Constitution Hill and Honeysuckle coming hard and fast after one another. And that was just a part of it because we saw brilliant talent from El Fabiolo in the Arkle, a wonderful performance from Marine Nationale in the Supreme Novices Hurdle. There were stories all over the shop. Lee Mottishead, senior writer from the Racing Post, is with me. We're going to be hearing from Henry de Bromhead shortly. I ran down the course this morning to catch him, Lee. There's one person I wanted to hear from, you know, just to reflect on the amazing, um, amazing day yesterday with, with Honeysuckle, and he's fantastic. You'll hear from him in, in a moment, but my God, what a day. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago we had that incredible golden hour when Paisley Park and Frodon won their grade one races at the festival and you thought uh, that would be hard to beat, but it was it was beaten yesterday. It was an extraordinary period of time. The thing that you want most from sports, because it is for the vast majority of people a leisure activity, an entertainment activity, is that it should make you happy. Mm. And what I watched yesterday made me very happy indeed. I saw the the champion hurdle from the top of the grandstand, uh, stood in between Richard Halls on one side and Stuart Machen on the other, the ITB and Race Course commentators, an amazing view of, of the race. And you got the golden ticket. Got the golden you? ticket, it was a superb place to watch it from. And as Constitution Hill jumped the final flight, I spontaneously screamed, oh my god. <laughs> because <laughs> It was one of those moments when you thought that could go wrong, but his extraordinary Because he left scope, precisely half a millimetre between his it, front feet and the top bar of the hurdle. It was astonishing. What I didn't realise at the time, and has become apparent since, is that it was a long shadow line cast well above the, well in front of the hurdle, and he's taken off before that, but his amazing scope got him over that flight. Um, and to see a horse fulfil his destiny and his potential in the way he did. To win a champion hurdle, in effect, ease down from the final flight onwards was quite a sight to see. And I've, I've, I've said before that when you, when you follow any sport, you're very lucky to see truly great performers. But I think what you're even luckier to see, and you, what you rarely see, are all-time great performers. And I thought, going into race, as many others did, that he might be the best hurdler that I'd seen. That view has been reinforced afterwards. I spoke to Willie Mullins after the race, Nick. What's one-to-one, quiet moment after the champion hurdle. And he said it wouldn't be stupid at all to say he's the best horse of the of the modern era. I thought it was an interesting parallel too. On Frankel's sixth race course outing, he produced that iconic jaw-dropping victory in the, in the 2000 guineas. As a hurdler, Constitution Hill is at exactly the same point of his career. Six runs in and he has now produced a performance that we'll remember forever. We will, and the glorious thing about it is that connections are hoping to take him to entry, go two and a half there, something a bit different, and then jump fences with him perhaps next year. Yep. So 
you know, all sorts of possibilities, all sorts of chances to reinforce that sense of, of immortality and a, a brilliant performance from Constitution Hill. One that surely couldn't be upstaged, could it? By any, by any horse? Oh yes, it could. Because then came Honeysuckle. And as I said, Henry de Bromhead walked on past me uh, this morning. He was on the, on the phone and I thought, I've got, to, I've got to catch him. So I ran down to the middle of the course where some of his horses were, were working. We walked down together and, uh, and reflected on what was a, a truly, truly special day for him and his family and, and for Honeysuckle with her farewell victory. Oh, look, it was an incredible day for us, uh, for everybody involved with us. Um, you know, it was a very emotional day for a lot of reasons. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously Honey's been amazing for us and uh, she's brought us on an incredible journey. And, uh, you know, she never lets you down, really. She come to bow out on that note. Uh, the way she did was amazing. And look, just obviously with Jack and everything that's happened for over the past few months it was a massive day for us and, and everybody involved and to get the support we got was incredible and I, I don't know I mean what I mean obviously everyone adores honey but it just felt even extra again just everyone trying to show their support to us so it was amazing a lot of superlatives there but it really was yeah you, you never sort of want to uh, equate things that happen in real life if you like and and, yeah. and real deep you know personal tragedy with with things that happen on on a sports playing field but it it did strike me that everything about yesterday was to do with with strength and courage and resilience and and dignity and and shared joy there were an awful lot of common themes there that wouldn't have been lost on you yeah no absolutely i mean it was just uh, like i say it was a very emotional day for so many reasons and then just to cap it off to see the someone showed me a photo this morning I didn't see it but Heather saw it to see this rainbow above just just literally at the top of the hill there uh, and with honey coming back down the chute someone showed me this photo with this bear you know this little rainbow there and we always you know feel that Jack is with us uh, when we see these things and that just really added to the whole thing it was a crazy day but uh, amazing I did sort of feel after Leopardstown when you were in that little huddle and she'd run really well but she just kind of wasn't kind of sparking like, like you'd sometimes seen her before and I sort of thought well do you know what you'd forgive them all just for saying that'll do now you'd yeah, say yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't there wouldn't be a clamour for you to say oh go on Henry run her at Cheltenham but to, to what extent was that, a, was that a hard decision to press on? It wasn't for me at all, to be honest, uh, because uh, I still thought she ran really well that day. She, her work at home has been as good as ever, really, to be honest. I felt if I could have changed the ground both days, we'd have finished a lot closer uh, in both races. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, you know, we thought she was in really good form and once Kenny was happy to continue, and I wasn't pushing anyone, uh, you know, it was it was no decision for me to be honest. I was I was mad keen to come here for the mares, you know, and we thought her her performances were good enough to run very well in us, and it's you know it was a good opportunity. Yeah, hopefully it worked out well. There was something glorious about it to watch because the fact that Love Envoy ran so well 
kind of pushed her, pushed Honey Suckle to the point where, you know, she had to dig in and, and show all that all yeah. that tenacity. If there's one bit of her that hasn't gone anywhere, it's it's that absolute re- resilience and toughness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's so tough. Uh, she loves winning, um, and uh, she's just got a heart of a lion, hasn't she? You know, she's uh, she's such a consistent mare. She's turned up every day we've wanted her, and. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, you just have to admire her so much. Like we've been, we're just privileged and very lucky to have been associated with her. Um, she's obviously done her done her job now, but there's there's so many other horses this week who could who could yet do that. And it, it did strike me when you know I saw other horses running really well that you do have this knack of of getting them to to reach boiling point at the at the right time of the of the season and you do you do you feel that they're all they're all bubbling away now yeah no they seem in good form to be honest I, you know everyone's saying we're coming into form I, it's been quite a frustrating year to, for mm. us um but i didn't ever really it, a few we ran over here have run really disappointingly the three we had were one was worse than the next and we've I hope we've sort of just worked that out and uh so yeah no they yeah they but but uh, i suppose our high higher profile horses have been a little bit disappointing so um uh but no they seem in good form and yeah that's are these yours yeah yeah who have we got who have we got here so we have magic days in front uh rachel's in third on aplutard shane is on I remember what where's wrong. <laughs> um, to be fair, they are. Magical, I just want to make sorry. sure tell everyone that they are at a fairly, fairly significant yeah, 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 distance yeah, yeah, from us. Yeah. It's not like they're right in front of us. Yeah, magical Zoe is last, and I just, for the life of me, can't <laughs> tell who that is in second. Yeah, when they when they wheel around, we might be able to tell. But yeah. the most important spirit thing is, of legend. Ah, gotcha. Spirit of legend. Uh, Rachel's on Aflutar. Rachel's on APT. Yeah, Dara's on Magic Days, and uh, Shane is on Spirit of Legend. I sort of had this thing that. Whatever happened in the Gold Cup, and however many horses I backed, if he won, I couldn't allow myself to lose because it would just because <laughs> you know what I mean. Because you yeah. kick yourself, wouldn't you? Because it's, it's sort of the other day, it's so obvious. Yeah, isn't the best trial for the Gold Cup the, the previous Cup, year's yeah. Gold Cup? So look, we'll see. It's been a really it's it's been a tough year with him. Obviously, he didn't show up at all in the Betfair Chase, and uh, and then I think for I, I just didn't for whatever reason he just banged that joint but we were probably 70 30 80 20 going there and uh and that just you know it just stopped us and hopefully for the right reason and then we just had to commit to to coming straight here Mm. and uh we've done everything we can he feels really good everyone seems happy with him so you know friday will tell us a lot and if it doesn't completely buck it down and they open up that fresh strip, that's going to help them, isn't it? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's lovely having that on the new course then. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. so I, there's a very nice man on the gate up the top of the stables there who I always stop He's and chat to. He's a lovely gentleman, yeah. And and he said to me, Henry fancies Captain Guinness a bit this afternoon. And I said, well, it's funny that because Rachel said the same thing last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll you, see. You know you're in good form when you're saying he might win the championship. Yeah. But you've won it before. So. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if we're saying he'll win it. But uh, we think, you know, certainly at a big price, we'd hope he'll run very well, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, sure, we'll see. You know, got to keep uh, hoping. So, yeah, that's it.
Absolutely, Todd looks very happy with life, doesn't he? Yeah, he's great. Not a bother on him. Not a bother on him. So yeah, yeah. We'll see how we go now. Listen, it was an awesome day yesterday, all round. I don't know how we can. I don't know how we can raise the bar. <laughs> no, it was amazing, and Constitution Hill was awesome as well. And yeah, it was just one of those great days. I think. Um, uh, yeah, it was an incredible day for us and, and our family and team. Yeah, amazing. So much, um, so much love and, and warmth to you, and uh, and thanks so much for talking to me this morning, spending a bit of time. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Nick. Cheers, Henry. Henry de Bromhead. The uh, trainer, of course, of, uh, of Honeysuckle. And wonderful to catch up with him this morning to reflect on that and to get thoughts on Aplutar and maybe even a big run from Captain Guinness this afternoon. Uh, Lee, just just your feelings watching that yesterday. It was, it was quite hard to take it all in, Nick, really. I've got to be honest, I, I didn't think she would do it. I thought she had regressed to... Uh, a point where it would be hard for it to beat horses like Marie's Rock and Epitant yesterday. I think what we saw first of all was that they made the right call. She wouldn't have won the champion hurdle, but she did win the mayor's hurdle. And, and we, in good style as well. She went in, in great style. And it was so much better seeing her win a race bowing out than finishing third or fourth to Constitution Hill. What was What's so special about this place is the the sense of goodwill that is so often expressed from those watching to those participating and the sense of of goodwill and of delight and of love towards honeysuckle but also the de bromhead family really would have melted the the coldest hearts you would you you know that what they have been through in recent months is more than any family should have to go through and winning a horse race changes nothing but if it could make give them a day that made them smile that made them happy and that gave them positive memories then fantastic and it's the way even from from that moment that that Henry and Heather de Bromhead and Henry delivered the eulogy at at their son Jack's uh, memorial service which was a, a lot of people were there obviously and an awful lot more people watched online yeah. his his dignity and his composure and his ability to express his his emotions has, has been nothing short of, of extraordinary and that acceptance of 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 the of the love that the industry has shown him as well is soaking it up and really and really you know yeah. using it to kind of propel the whole the whole thing forward it, it it's it's um it's very inspiring yeah it really is um Horse racing, I guess like most sports, horse racing is a community. Um, but it's a community that extends beyond those who work in the sport, who earn a living from the sport, and it extends to people who report on the sport, but more importantly, those who view the sport as fans. And most of the people who were stood around that winner's enclosure, packed deep yesterday, will never have met Henry de Bromhead. They'll never have said a word to Henry de Bromhead. They never will meet Henry de Bromhead. But they feel a sense of community with him. And they feel empathy for him. And they felt joy for him yesterday. And I think there are times when we're very hard on ourselves as a a sport. But there are so many great things about it. And you saw that yesterday. Yeah. Um, Wonderful, wonderful camaraderie. Uh, Who else did I catch up with this morning? Well, um, I... uh, 
I got hold of Paul Nolan. We wandered up the, the walkway together towards the the unsaddling area, uh, and we very nearly got mown down. And it was only <laughs> it was only thanks to Rachel Blackmore shouting, "Get out of the way, Nick!" at me that I actually saved us. Anyway, this is what Paul had to say about yesterday. First off, fantastic days racing. Like I mean, it was from everything from the emotion of Honeysuckle, Honeysuckle winning, and, and uh, you know, then the Barry Connell winning the, the, the supreme. The performance of of of, of um, Nicky's horse in the champion hurdle. I mean, it was just uh, Constitution Hill. It was just probably one of the best performances I've ever seen in Cheltenham. I mean, you'd be quite well placed to, to tell me. I mean, yeah, that that victory for Barry Connell would that have been a pretty popular one in Ireland? Absolutely. You know, Barry's put a lot of money into the game, and and now he's up there after winning his Grade Ones this season. And he's some very nice horses, and he'll probably be very competitive now to buy more. And how are you? Travelling over, how have your bunch come come over? Yeah, we were happy with the horse in the boodles yesterday. He, oh, he we're about to get run over here. Yeah. He probably um, very happy with the horses. It's, it's very like, nice to come back in with your owners, Nick, and you can. There's some little. There's something to analyse. He was there at the last. He he, he faded back to sixth, but he was still there with a the chance at the last. And at least you can go in with a sort of uh, having a discussion about it, or sort of look at something being tailed off coming down the hill. Exactly. So, and that's where it is, and we're happy and relieved when they run well. So we're just hoping when they, if they run the race and run well, there's nothing more you can do. What about today with the uh, HMS Seahorse? Yeah, I think he's a chance. It's a very, very competitive race. Uh, I'm hoping to God he's improving. He's only five, and I'm hoping his first run when he won after being gelded. I'm hoping he'll improve from that again, and he has to because he got eleven pound for that. Uh, so. It's just when you look at the race, you nearly want to be a grade two horse to win mm-hmm. it. And that's the way it is. Whether he is a grade two horse or not, we'll find out today. But he's bred to be a grade, well, might be well, bred to know, be a grade one of us. But there's an awful lot of horses bred to be grade yeah. one horses and they're not. So <laughs> we'll see. He's, he seems to, he's, there's Henry now. Well, Henry, get off that site again. <laughs> <laughs> Henry's, just walked, Henry's just walked past us. Rachel Blackmore just rode past us and stopped me from getting mown over while I was putting, while I was putting my phone under your nose. So they're all doing us a favour this morning. That was a bit special. You can see why they're still smiling. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, anyone that has winners here, I, I, it's, it's just, it, it is the place to have the winners, and that's where everyone, when they buy a horse, they always went up, end up in Cheltenham. When you and I first started this conversation, the first one of Willie Mullins' string was coming past us, and now we've finished it, we're just getting to the end. And that's the third bunch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and my, my two were gone in. It doesn't get any less special, though, this, does it? No, it doesn't. And when you're here, you're in with a chance, no matter what, and, and yesterday proved that as well, so... Uh, Let's hope we, 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 we have a good rest of the week and the race and remains the same and the ground is perfect for everything. I think we're all a bit worried the way it was going to ride, but I think it's I think everyone can be happy. It's they're just sort of cutting the top off and it's nowhere near heavy or anything like that, so there's no one going to be complaining. You're very kind to us, thanks for your time this morning. Sorry to nearly kill you. Alright. <laughs> Cheers, Paul. Paul Nolan there talking about HMS Seahorse in the uh, in the Coral Cup. Lee Mottis had us perked up here in the Fitzdays Club. <laughs> So I was going to say some food has arrived. Well, there you go. Nice. But yeah. it's a it's a banquet, Lee, isn't it? Dear God. Well, I've got to say, I, I did have three skinny sausages, egg and bacon this morning. So looking at all this, I'm thinking, how can I possibly manage? I did say to to Neil this morning, as long as there's nothing with, with cheese or black pudding in it, oh I'm fine. God. And I think we're safe on all fronts my goodness me i mean th- th- there's there's two there's two bowls of lo- what look like loaded fries lot something with something with lots of batter around it and um some 
Now you're gonna have to. Laurie Laurie Jeffries is here from the Jockey Club. Uh-huh. Um, Laurie, what, what have you brought us? So this is some uh, bang bang chi- uh, cauliflower, deep fried cauliflower oh. with a chili dip. Do you like bang bang cauliflower? My, my beloved is vegetarian, <laughs> and well, there, there is there's a certain department store that sells bang bang cauliflower, and he adores it. So oh, when I get go. home this week and I say I've had high class bang bang cauliflower. His face will light up, and also there'll be a sense Brilliant. of jealousy. Well, you well, might try one of these as well. This is the jackfruit uh, deep in a bell buns, so that's all vegetarian. So, well. yesterday, Rishi Passad was um, reading from uh, our, our sponsor's magazine here, Country and Country and Townhouse. Uh, Ellie's here, by the way. And, and today, Lee Mottishead is enjoying luxury bang-bang cauliflower. Things I thought I'd never say on this podcast. Uh, we need to get our sponsors in, in the mix as well. Uh, Bobby Burns from Fitstairs is here. Uh, the Triple B, great bear of a man. Come on. He's in, a, he's in a Trilby today. He's taking the tweed off. He's in a Trilby. Nick, you've yeah. got to try that, that, that Bang Bang Cauliflower. Okay. Well, while I try the Bang Bang Cauliflower, Bobby, can you tell us um, how you as bookmakers are actually still functioning today after <laughs> after after, to- after total wipeout on day one? Well, I said yesterday we needed to get Willie B. Okay. You got Willie B in the first. We got Willie B, and then then it all went fantastically downhill after that. Um, And it was the icing on the cake was that you know the favourite winning in the last, um, you know, and getting a bit of a favour from the runners in front of him. Um, Today the real bogey is is Hermes Allen. So um, hang on, the bogey is Hermes Allen. Yeah. I assume nobody would fancy Hermes Allen because he's trained in England. No, no, that is a a massive, massive anti-post bogey for us. So we're looking to get Nichols beat today. What do you think? Well, sorry. Onion Barty. He um he drifted last night amazingly to five to one. Now I this is sort of my anti-post festival book. I backed him at four to one so after the shallow hurdle, thinking that's a great price. He came right down, then he went out to five to one. I'm pleased he's back into threes today because I think there is a sense that because he's British, a lot of punters will assume he automatically can't win. Mm. Particularly as yesterday the first Fair eight home in the Supreme yeah. were Irish trained. The five British horses filled five of the six final places but I think Hermes Allen is a different sort of beast to the Brits that ran yesterday and I think he very much still could win the Ballymore yeah I'm inclined to agree with you although after what I saw yesterday I thought well yeah. if I'd done my tipping 24 hours after maybe I'd have I'd have changed my opinion if there is a Brit to win the opener and it is Hermes Allen we'll be we'll be toasting that of course here tomorrow uh, Peter Donnelly is here from Glen Farkless who sponsored today's cross-country race and have done Peter for 15 years 15 years it's our 15th anniversary this year so we're really quite excited about that Um, and it's it's really clever sponsorship in a way because you attach yourself to something very specific everybody knows it's you everybody knows that cross country race is you yeah I mean 15 years on it's really classed as the Glen Farkless cross country and that's really what we're looking to do you know wonderful achievement with with Cheltenham great partnership the people are fabulous to deal with all this time but our consumers now are actually saying it's the Glen Farkless cross country so it's a great achievement and if that forklift truck carries on any longer it's going to reverse into the Fitzdares club I mean it's normally just the vacuum cleaner and the glasses being cleaned we've got to contend with but it's relentless this morning. This is real life. It is It is absolutely real life. Now, what have you got for me, Peter? So what we've actually brought along today is um, in the orchard, in the Glenfaclis bar, there's a selection of cocktails, which is slightly different for single malt whiskey. But it is fun. It introduces people to whiskey who wouldn't normally drink whiskey. 
So it is, you know, 10 years ago, you know, everyone's just drinking single malt on its own. But introduced to a cocktail, and it's a much broader spectrum, broader audience. So to start with, yeah. we have got um, a classic old-fashioned made with oh, a I love an old 10 fashioned. years old. You know, some lemon, lots of ice, just honey, beautiful. So, of course, I would normally have an old-fashioned with bourbon. That's right. Because I spend a lot of time in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and, and I love it. The sugar content in that is outrageous. Yeah. But um, I do like it. What's what's the subtle difference between you, bourbon and and whiskey in terms of this particular cocktail? What 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 does it do to this cocktail? This cocktail in particular, we're making it with ten year old uh, single malt. So you've got aged whiskey actually in there. With a lot of the bourbons, you won't actually have an age statement. They could be maybe three, four, five years old. So there is it's not quite as smooth as what you get with a single malt. The second thing we use, we're using honey and we're using lemon. So instead of using, you know, sugar, yeah, it's, it's much a much easier drink to actually drink. Okay. You know, with the, that one. Uh, uh, what do you now? You've got how many words to write for the racing post today? Uh, Nine hundred. <laughs> yeah. I'm due to have to do a little bit on Five Live. Yeah. Later on, and generally speaking, <laughs> if I, if my Earl Grey is too strong in the afternoon. <laughs> I can wobble. So I will have to be exceptional. Just a tiny little sipette. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to this on Five Live. As Leobos said, for the racing post. Um, please. Now, I must say, I'm not normally a sort of a, a whiskey drinker. But Lee Motter said, having taken down a tray of Bang Bang cauliflower, is now embarking on a Glen Farkless old fashioned. I don't like whiskey. That is lovely. This is that a, is really lovely. This is the whole idea of the cocktail. It is to introduce um, people who don't normally like whiskey, and it's a different way to actually look at it. I do like whiskey. H- how hard would Obviously. that be to replicate at home? It's very straightforward. There's only two or three ingredients. Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea of the, of the old fashioned. And you still get the flavour coming through. So we're not trying to overpower the whiskey. It should be a whiskey cocktail. So it's just whiskey, honey, lemon, yeah, ice. And ice, that's pretty much it. That is lovely. Mm. That is really, really good. So this is for someone who would normally not like whiskey or wouldn't drink whiskey terribly often. That's me. Yeah. And they would go, you know, I feel comfortable making that at home. Yeah. Two, three ingredients at the very most. Thank you very much. And it's things that you do have and you're still covered at home. I feel like sort of warm and toasty. Yes. Inside. Yeah. Give him, give him a bit more and then we'll... <laughs> so, give him a bit got, more and see how he gets on on Five Live. So yeah. This is a very different one. We're, we're classed as a short cocktail. Yeah, a few more ingredients. This is slightly more flamboyant. Oh, okay. So I'm going to bring that. in my colleague, Megan. Hi. Megan, can you Hi, just... Megan. Hi. So, Megan is Head of Marketing at Paul Roger in the UK. Um, we are, I'm Brand Director for Glen Farkless, just so everyone knows who we are. Megan, can you describe this yes. cocktail, please? So, this is my favourite cocktail. Yeah. And like you, yeah. I probably shouldn't say this, but I am not a whiskey drinker. No. <laughs> However, this is a raspberry spritz. So this definitely takes away the punch of the whiskey, but you've got all the flavour and everything still with it. Um, um, what have we got in here? So it's raspberry puree, yep. Glenfarclas 10 year old, lemon juice, and then it's topped up with soda water just to give it a bit of fizz. So it's, it's definitely a longer cocktail than the old fashioned. 
aren't whiskies and isn't whiskey and raspberry? Isn't that quite a traditional combination in Scotland? It's just I was actually going to say Nick, yes, particularly round up the Fife area, which is classed as you know like the fruit area in Scotland. It's a huge area, and certain times of the year you would have golden raspberries, or you would have it with uh, something like a cranachan. Yeah. So it's another dessert. But God, that's good. That is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> And it's the guys Forget here that five Lee Martin Lee Martin already taken on board about <laughs> three measures of Glen Farkless this morning yes. 12 minutes past 10 I would probably say it's quite dangerous because oh. honestly it's very easy to drink and yeah. it's delicious How much of that would make me take very mild? Probably one Okay It's a double shot of 10 year olds Yeah That is delicious That's, That's good enough to, Be careful en- Enough to finish you off um, well, thank you very much, Megan. No, thank you. Lovely to meet you. Peter, thank you very much. Thank, thank you for you, your Nick. sponsorship here at, at Cheltenham as well. Um, hopefully, Lee will be back in a minute. I'm just going to let him finish this off. Well, time to check in now with our artist in residence, Liz Armstrong. Liz, amazing day yesterday. How did you get on? Absolutely incredible. The racing was out of this world. I'm so pleased for Honeysuckle and Constitution Hill. Now, it couldn't have been a more perfect day for National Hunt fans. I guess the problem is when it's all so good out there, you get fewer people in the in the shopping village. <laughs> you certainly do, you certainly do. But we had lots of people, lots of people that have bought art from me before, coming admire the work, and uh, a lot of people are here for the full four days, so they have a look, and then walk around and decide what they want to purchase. Okay, let's take a look at today's piece, which is entitled "Incredible Challenge." It, it's very different, just describe it stylistically this painting is um, fairly abstract it's charcoal with a coffee gesso canvas and it's um, inspired by still really my favorite all-time junk jockey AP Sir AP Anthony McCoy and his incredible feat when he won I'm not sure which gold cup it was on Wichita Lineman. Well, it wasn't a gold cup, but it may as well have been. It was the uh, it was what's now the the Ultima, the the three mile race from yesterday. Uh, but it, of course, it was a legendary ride on Wichita Lineman, and you know, getting the horse up in the in the closing station. It's been featured quite extensively on various channels over the over the last couple of weeks. Now there are some interesting swirly red raw patterns all the way through this. Uh, Piece. Just to explain what you've done here. Right, what I've done here is um, because I've just built a new studio where I've moved. I've moved to Whatcom down at Wantage where Paul and Oliver Coltrane. And um, I needed the pigment paint to dry. So I used uh, a large kitchen towel doily sort of thing and it made an interesting swirly pattern as you say nick and i've just decided to keep it because it's quite transparent and you can see the lines and marks coming through and it adds more quite abstract three-dimensional sort of dynamic effect in a sort of (laughs) blood red almost and it gives you that impression of McCoy straining every sinew to get this to get this horse up and this what looks like some gold leaf yeah it's gold leaf i do use um pure gold leaf in a lot of my work i used it when i did the uh standout for the jockey club um a few years ago now not the uh stand the um the new princess royal stand i use gold leaf um with coffee in all those 16 drawings but this is larger pieces of gold leaf it just adds an abstract feel it's just an artist being creative really 
um, just using your imagination, shining on the sort of light parts of the body. And obviously, Wichita Line Man had a long blaze, so I've got a gold blob near his eye. <laughs> and it, it does have that iridescent effect almost, and contrasting with the with those extraordinary red swirls. Who'd have ever thought you managed to do that with a with a bit of kitchen roll? But this is the this is the genius of the artist, Liz. I'm going to post this to my Twitter feed. It's entitled "Incredible Challenge" and it's on sale here. Liz Armstrong Fine Art, uh, 42 by 33. This is uh, original charcoal, gold leaf, oil pigment on canvas. And Liz, remind us where you are. I'm at Stand 48 in the shopping village. And it's easy to find. You just walk about three doors down, and it's the first one in on your right hand side. Have a great day. Brilliant, Nick, and thank you very much, and you have a great day too. All right, that's Liz Armstrong, our artist in residence. I know it seems a bit strange, but we need to head east and head to Hong Kong because there's important news from the croc, J.A. McGrath. Nick, plenty of us in other countries in different time zones aren't getting much sleep this week, and we're loving the Cheltenham coverage on Racing TV. Nick, you, Lydia, Tom and company are making us feel as if we're there on the spot, and we are very envious. However, let's talk Hong Kong. It's one of the biggest race days of the season at Cha Tin on Sunday. It's Hong Kong Derby Day. And the Derby is still the race with the most prestige in Hong Kong, despite the multitude of rich international races that are programmed these days. Zach Purton rides the Derby favourite, Beauty Eternal, who looks a potential top liner, despite the fact that he has taken the handicap route to the Classic. The son of the Star Spangled Banner is trained by John Size, who also saddles Tukal, who Ryan Moore has booked a partner. Ryan is on his way back from the Golden Slipper in Sydney, heading to the Dubai World Cup. Other contenders in the derby? Super Sunny Singh has been doing everything right and is another big chance. And Blake Shin flies in from Melbourne, where on Saturday he rides Alligator Blood in the All-Star Mile at Mooney Valley. Blake heads to ride a straight Aaron in the Hong Kong derby for Casper Founds. An important card at Sha Tin, as I say, and there's a bonus, if you dare call a Group 1 a bonus race. That's the Queen's Silver Jubilee Cup over seven furlongs. Purton rides California Spangle, one of Hong Kong's big three, coming up against Lucky Swayness, with James McDonald stepping in to take over. And Ryan Moore, meanwhile, has replaced Alexi Bedell on Wellington. It promises to be another big highlight of racing in the Far East this weekend. On a lower plane, there are the usual nine races at Happy Valley today. And Purton, as ever, has a stranglehold on the meeting. His best is for Cheesy in race number eight, and that's a class four, uh, six furlong handicap sprint. Pachisi so far has had only two runs in Hong Kong for a third and a second, but is going the right way and looks as if he's going to really relish this step up to six furlongs. He's trained by Jamie Richards, a first-year uh, trainer, first-season trainer from New Zealand, and so far Jamie's had 18 winners. Nine of them have been ridden by Zach, so that's a pointer in itself. So race eight, number five, Pachisi to beat number 10, Wood on Fire. Earlier on, uh, we've got uh, Zach riding Let's Do It in race four. That's got a great chance. Let's Do It, trained by David Hall, and I think can beat number eight, Gang of Brothers. So race four, two to beat eight. Take those in a tote swinger. That's all on the Hong Kong beat this week. We'll have more for you next week. 
J.A. McGrath there with, uh, with news from, from Hong Kong. And I think, I think the crop would appreciate, Lee, uh, our spread of, of um, beverages and food here this morning. Nick, however short a prize Constitution Hill was yesterday at any point in the build-up to the champion hurdle, the odds about the crock appreciating what we have on this table are a zillion times shorter. It will be the longest odds on shot ever. And I was, I was very heartened when I felt a bit guilty yesterday about that glass of night timber being poured at 9.30 um, when the late much missed John Hanmer was recounting his days with, with O'Sullivan and the, they'd get through two bottles of Paul Roger be- <laughs> before, the, before the afternoon proceedings. Yeah, I remember speaking to John about um, the day of Frankie's Magnificent Seven and he'd, he'd said, you know, the voice and I went for a a bottle of champagne. They said, no, actually, no, we would never have had just the one. He also said, taking his mind back to the old days, that when he started in the, in the northern press rooms, uh, when you went into the press room, he said, there was always a bottle of brandy in the press room. And by the time the first race started, that bottle of brandy had emptied. Now, I, I know people think that folk doing what we do, Nick, are on some sort of gravy train. I can promise you the gravy these days is not like the gravy was in those we're, days. We're trying to bring it back. We're trying to bring it back <laughs> in the first day's club this week. And I'm going to let you, speaking of which, I'm going to let you peruse the, the publication that Rishi Passad took such delight in yesterday. Uh, Ellie Ricks has been uh, here in the, in the Fitzdares Club with copies of Country and Townhouse magazine um, who are helping us out this week. And Neil Phillips, the wine tipster, is here for many reasons. Provide us with food, provide us with beverages. Also to tell us why Funambul Sivilla, a horse he part owns, is going to rub, run above his price again in the championship. Well, he was so brilliant at Newbury last time, Nick. You know, that, that ground was perfect for him. We, and we know he's such a great jumper and his speed away from the fences was great and it was his best performance of the season. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the ground, but I think but he's... It, it hat with rain last year when he was... Yeah, there. I know, but he, yes, amazingly. And he sort of got through the top of that without it getting into the ground. But it's great to be here. He's a wonderful horse. And it was overlooked last year. He was only seven running in the champion chase. So what a thrill it was for all of us. And we're looking forward to today. Tougher race, deeper race this year. But, and, and Lee's having a very good read of this <laughs> the magazine. But, but it's going to be very exciting for us. Brilliant day. Extraordinarily, Lee alighted on exactly the same page that Rishi did, <laughs> which was the recipe for the plantain. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I'm not normally a plantain man, but we went to a Caribbean restaurant last night. I can't believe and I, this I, is getting another airing. I, had my, I can't believe this is getting two goes. I had my first experience of jerk chicken. And I have to say, having your lips tingle is quite a pleasant experience. Oh, my God. This is crazy. This is crazy, isn't it, Nick? I mean, it feels like we've got another take, the same as yesterday here. We're with Rishi. It's absolutely amazing. I've got to say, I love your passion for food, Okay, I love it, because I know one day we are going to do this cook-off at a race meeting. You're going to be there cooking up some fantastic food. We just have this brilliant street food from the orchard here. I really enjoy those cocktails, by the way, and uh, it's great. It just you bet your passion's brill. Oh, yeah. Did you have a bang bang cauliflower? I haven't done that yet. I'm going to get in there. You really should. <laughs> Tell you what, Sid James and Kenneth Williams would have absolutely nothing on this. My goodness me! Right, serious business of today's racing. We're going to be quick with this as we round off this podcast. Um, Neil's got Funambul Sibler in the champion chase. I've been all over Edward Stone for a long time. I'm a bit worried about the rain that's likely to fall, Lee. What's going to happen? Uh, fascinating contest, Nick. Um, I think uh, that uh, Editor Dujit could well get left alone in the lead. Now, Nal Houlihan pulled off a tactical masterclass in the Clarence House. 
Can he do that a second time? Paul Townend and Tom Cannon are now well aware of what that horse can achieve. Um, there's a danger that you that we dismiss an Ergamen too quickly off the back of one poor run. Paul Townend was speaking very bullishly about him yesterday, but I do think that Edward Stone is the most likely winner of the race. He's such an incredibly likeable horse. If you look back at that video of the, the Clarence House, I thought he was spotting Editor Dejit about eight lengths when they turned for home. The fact he bridged that gap and almost won the race, for me, speaks volumes about how talented he is. I still think there's a degree of snobbery towards him because he spent a lot of time racing in handicap hurdles, the big handicap hurdles. I think he's the most likely winner of the race, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of the the big price outsiders somehow manages to chase him home. That might be Funambul Sivula. I think Grenatine has been overlooked in the market. It's just a shame there aren't eight runners. Had there been eight runners, it would have had a much more attractive each way field to the race. But it's a cracking contest. And quickly, who wins the Brown Advisory? These, I'm still tucking into this cauliflower. It's very good. Um, obviously, the, the favourite, Jerry Colomb, is, is the likeliest winner. Um, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if Time Hill runs better than his odds suggest. And again, he's one of those that I'd love to see win because Philip Hobbs has stayed loyal to a member of his team, Michal Nolan, who's not a, a sexy, high-profile jockey, but he's part of that team. He's got that, that guy on the horse, and I hope he's rewarded with a big run. My concern would be I'm just still not convinced the horse is absolutely in love with jumping fences. All right. Um, should we get one last word from our sponsor? He's just walked in. Bobby, one last word from you. Any, 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 in, any insight you need to add before we go? Um, we're thinking, we're really hoping that good land for the good people can do the business on Home as a Land. Okay, splendid. Thank you very much. Um, thank you very much for listening. I'm just going to finish this uh, Bang Bang Cauliflower and my Glen Farkless Old Fashioned. And we will, um, we will see you again tomorrow. Or maybe not. Bye-bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.